0: You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music.
1: My name is J-Mac, and this is another exciting, insightful episode of Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board. I am in St. Louis in my underground bunker, joined by my co-host in California. What's your name, buddy?
0: Sam Wade, saying what's up to all you lovely people out there.
1: I would just like to remind our listeners before we go any further, a new episode of your favorite podcast. Yeah, that's that's right. I said your favorite podcast because this is your favorite podcast. Drops on all major streaming services on Wednesdays. Plus, on Saturday, something called a B-side comes out, which is something squirrely and weird that has nothing to do with anything we talked about during the week. And it's usually a lot shorter because uh, I don't know that we could talk about some of these subjects for more than five to ten minutes. But that's the joy of it. If you don't have time for a full episode, just On Saturday, check in with the B-side. We've got a special guest, return guest, Joel Dodson. Say what's up, Joel. Hey, everybody.
2: I'm coming to you from my basement studio in St. Louis City, and I am super psyched to be here again. Thank you for having me.
1: And we're going to be talking about the newly released Tributaries album by our our buddy here, Sam Wade, a really good album. You helped co-produce it, Joel. We're going to get some insight into the production of it some of the songwriting things that we're going to probably play for the first time ever heard some, uh, some work demo tapes of some of the songs. Sam, where do you want to start off on this, on this adventure? This is your album. I'm going to kind of let you uh, direct where we go. Oh, well, thanks Jay Mack.
0: And uh, I'm, you know, I, when we talked about doing the show about the record, I thought it would be a lot of fun. um, As you mentioned, to listen to some of the work tapes to, to kind of see where the songs took a journey, um, which really kind of fits with the whole theme of the record in general. And we'll talk about that too. Um, But I always thought, you know, ever since I first heard um, the Beatles anthologies and then like some of the stuff that you could get on bootlegs, you could kind of hear, you know, uh, behind the curtain and see how things are made. I feel like there's a lot to be learned from that. Um, And, or at least to kind of display, like some of the discoveries that you made along the way, which is such a huge part. Of making something like this happen, and I'm just really, really uh, happy with the whole record itself. Tributaries. Um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from uh, f- from people, uh, new friends, and and uh, people listening. And you know, a lot of that I owe to Joel and him coming in, um, you know, midstream on the record and really helping to shape it what it eventually became. So I, you know, I just want to kind of dive into that. And just talk about, you know, some of the things that like our songwriting friends out there listening or, you know, fellow producers or, you know, creatives that maybe we can all help make each other better by talking about our process.
1: So, Joel, how'd you get roped into this? I shouldn't say that. It would have been a fun job to be on on the inside floor of Sam's songs. I was privileged enough to be able to hear some of them in their infancy and then different mixes, but... Whatever you did, you did a really good job. Um, I know you played some of the guitar on it. You want to talk about your your input?
2: Well, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, thank you so so much. So going back to when I joined you guys back mm-hmm. in May, we talked a little bit about a single from this album. Uh, that single was called Confession. Yeah. And, I, you know, we went into a little bit of Sam and I's history to get together, uh, you know, to kind of recap, we kind of both came up in the St. Louis scene. We played in different bands, but maybe we shared the stage on several nights and just, you know, we ended up collaborating in different ways throughout the years. Um, And, you know, our paths just sort of aligned over the past, you know, year where he and I had been keeping in contact, you know, Sam's out in LA. I'm here in St. Louis. And um, we just, yeah, we just sort of, Uh, I, you know, just like with, just like with everything with COVID, it's like everybody tried to expand and explore what can I get done from my home? What can I get done virtually? And I I think, you know, Sam and I just started talking about music again, start talking about projects again. and, And it just sort of, we just kind of fell back into this sort of the groove of like it was gosh, 2008. Yeah man. <laughs> I mean it's crazy to crazy to think about it. it was that that long ago but we kind of fell into the same like ways that we were talking about music and thinking about our own material. And you know, he just by happenstance was like, "Hey, I I have these I have a collection of songs here. It's literally just going to be my acoustic and my voice. I do have some songs that have a little bit more instrumentation, but this is kind of it. I'm just going to put it out." Yeah. And I was like, totally cool. Um, I, w- I would love to just love to hear it, you know, just be a fly on the wall. Just love to hear it. Um, Sam sent me Confession, which was um, basically um, I would consider it a, a, uh, an acoustic sketch right. of what I felt was a much bigger song. So me, meaning what I heard in front of me was Sam with his acoustic guitar and his voice and of course like it was a fantastic song but it seemed like it was bigger than what it was presenting to me so i just was like sam i'll tell you what can you just let me play around on this track yeah I have some things I feel led to just like, I just want to try this out. So I I basically like blasted him. I like put all this guitar and bass and drum tracks on there. And I was just like, look, if you hate this, it's really not that big of a deal, but this is an amazing song. And it would just be cool to just like, see, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm just in my studio. I might as well just pick up the guitar and try to play. And I think we both kind of felt like there was some magic that was kind of happening yep. there. And we basically were just like, Okay, like, like what's next? Like the next track. Like, let's do it. <laughs> it said cover me relentlessly Cause we're all scared to
3: see A ventripe cover you If you cover me Cause I got eyes to see What's inside me
0: For me, on this side, on the on the West Coast, when I when I got that that track back, well, let me just you know take one step back. So I sent you the song, and I had just written it. Um, it was one that I I had written when I'd already started producing um, what would become the record, and you were like, "Give me a couple of days." I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm down with that." Mm-hmm. And when I got it back, what you had laid down, I actually, to be completely honest, had not heard the song in that way in my head, which you know, a lot of times when I'm producing stuff, I can hear where it's going to go while I'm writing the song. And literally, I think you sent it to me on like a Sunday morning and I was uh, standing in my studio early in the morning and I put that on and it was like, it just hit me. I was like, just washed over me and I was like, this is what it needs to be. And I'm getting like tears in my eyes listening to this new version of the song and I was like, I got to see if he wants to just like jump on and just help me produce this whole thing. And I think it was the right choice hundred percent because we ended up making these discoveries along the way um, that really kind of helped shape to what it eventually became for sure.
1: Nice. Well, are we going to play a clip from, uh, from the album? Do you have a track that you want to just kind of tease people with?
0: J Mac, I think let's, let's, let's play Ben thinking about it. We released this as a single. um, I think it was uh, early July. July 16th seems to stick in my mind and it's gotten really great response. I'm just really uh, happy about this song. Uh, It's a song that uh, I had the music for a little bit, but I ended up um, writing this one uh, for my girlfriend. And it was just this kind of song that really uh, encapsulated with a lot of uh, uh, things that I was feeling at the time. And, but uh, one of the things that we always try to do with songwriting, or or at least I always try to do is, is to make a, a universal theme. And put something that just catches your ear. So I hope that that comes across in this song. I would just love to play for
2: everybody to get it in their ears. And before you play that, I want everybody to pay close attention to the mandolin line um, uh, that that sort of carries um, from the beginning of the song through uh, the verse. So here's Ben thinking about it.
3: We should get a place to call our own And spend the evenings looking at the stars We'd be so happy knowing this time it's ours I've been thinking about it for some time And it won't matter where we'd run off to We'd be so happy cause it's just me rocket to the moon and spend the journey making love in space we'd be so happy in that warm embrace yeah we'd be so happy floating in outer space
1: And if you like what you heard there, you'll love the album. Great job, Sam. Great mandolin playing. You're not actually a mandolin player. You told me you could have fooled me.
0: <laughs> I mean, I can, uh, I can. You, you put one in front of me. Give me a couple hours. I'll, I'll make some things happen with it. But uh, it did, you know, making this record did make me want to um, dive back into the mandolin. It's been a long time um, since I was part of my live show or like any performance. So. Thank you for that.
1: Well, let's re- let's remind our listeners where they can get this cuz I don't want I don't want to like talk about it and then not say where they can get it.
0: Yeah. It's out on all the streaming services right now. It's on Spotify, uh I- iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Tidal, um everywhere you can think you can find music. It's been on a couple Spotify playlists, so if you're listening to this and you dig it, I don't know, put it on your list, I share it with your friends. Thank you.
1: Nice. Now, Joel, did you contribute anything to this, uh, this track?
2: This was, this is a great example of some of the material that Sam brought to me and it was basically, it was basically done. I didn't, I actually didn't do any tracking on this, on this, this song. Um, one thing and the reason why I wanted to, uh, mention it to, to pay close attention to the mandolin is because, you know, it's easy to just hear the song and, that, and that's the song. But the song that I know didn't have; doesn't have mandolin. Um, the song I know is is strictly this really nice um, acoustic. Um, you know, Sam Sam has this amazing way of this finger style acoustic stuff that he does, and it's 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 really um, it's really pretty. It's really lighthearted, but it's also just it doesn't it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it it still like complements a melody. And so, I mean, really, that's kind of why I, like, stepped away from this track. <laughs> so I was like, this is, like, super, super good. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, you're ready to, like, put this on the album. But it was interesting. He was like, ah, it needs this thing. It needs some kind of melodic uh, uh, vibe to it. And I just, I was scratching my head, man. I was just like, I don't know. I can't, if it does, I couldn't tell you what it is. And um, he just, and again, it was sort of a flip-flop. He was like, all right, Joel, Okay. <laughs> let just give me the track and let me play around with it and if you hate it that's fine that's
0: exactly right (laughs) so
2: so like the roles were reversed so he sent me the track (laughs) with the mandolin and i was like he did it he freaking did it he he through all this um acoustic um sort of landscape he he was able to lay on top this mandolin thing and he was right it 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 makes the song so much more fun. Um so i just my hats off to Sam for for being able to not only just like see that melodic thing but also go back to his own material <laughs> and r- realize how he could yeah um expand on that. That's like such a mature thing as a songwriter. So i was just kind of blown away by that.
1: The thing is that sometimes you get in the middle of it and you can't see the forest for the trees, but to be able to step back enough and be like, this is what it needs. I can't imagine that song without the mandolin. So Sam, I don't know how you did it, but you, you were able to have the vision that maybe uh, other people didn't have. And because it was your song, I would have said it needs sitar. That's what I would have said. <laughs> well, you know, I,
0: I think a sitar could have worked there too um, for that kind of tone. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of toss it back on, on the idea of having a co-producer in, in Joel, which in a lot of ways, there was times where he, you know, I, I would say co-producer, but there was moments where like, you really came in as like full producer of the record and helping to shape it. And I think it was that need as a producer, but also as an artist, sometimes it's, it's hard to, to, um, see the forest for the trees, you know, uh, to use a phrase and, and, uh, Especially when you're when you're trying to you know produce yourself and kind of think of different interesting ways to make things stand out. So I think by that point in the record, having Joel come in and having like a, a, a second set of eyes to like look at like the big picture of what these collection uh, what this collection of songs could be, um, kind of gave me the courage and the uh, and the tenacity in a way to find it to be able to be like, well, okay, let's just see. Is there something else? Is there like some kind of earworm? that we can put into this and to really make it uh, something special. Um, so I hope that we got there. I think we did, but I really hope that it got to that place. So that's, that's kind of the origin of that. And by the way, I almost didn't even put the, the mandolin on that song, to be honest. I mean, um, I I picked up the mandolin one morning and, and uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes story. I just picked up the mandolin and I was just, just goofing around. I had a cup of coffee on the table in front of the studio and, uh, had the door open to the studio and I'm playing this and, and uh, my lovely girlfriend walks uh, by and she's listening. She's like, oh, you're playing the mandolin. I'm like, yeah, what do you think of this? And so I like, I had it playing in my studio speakers and I'm playing along this thing. I'm like, I'm thinking about adding this to the song, but is this too much? I mean, is it like, is this like a little bit too much? And she listens to it and she's like, no, I think you should record that right now. And so I closed the door. She went and did her thing, and I sat down and tracked it right then. That's what's on the record.
1: All right, so we're going to move along to another track on here, which I actually uh, participated in the demo version of this, which was kind of cool. I wasn't on the final album. It was. It's called Save My Soul, and it's it's the lead track on the album, and it really starts the album off with a real upbeat kind of bang and it. It, it it really lays the groundwork for everything that comes after sam you want to talk about how you wrote this one because i remember when you sent this to me it was it seemed like it was almost two years ago year and a half ago something like that
0: yeah you know this is one of those songs that uh has has been sitting a little bit but actually was one of the ones i knew for sure was gonna be on this record so when i started making it um even before uh joel um jumped on board our uh, canoe here traveling down the tributary I knew this song was was going to be on the record, and this was actually one of those ones that happened really quickly. Um, this was a song that at least at least the, the the main idea in the song was there. I was sitting in the garage of my uncle, uh, his his house in, in 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 Colorado, and I was uh, just kind of playing the guitar, and I just had this idea for this uh, strum on the guitar, just this D to D sus. Kind of a, of a thing, and I was like, you know, I was thinking this is a cool thing. And I just sat down, started playing this thing, and literally wrote the lyrics almost verbatim of what it is in the final song in like five minutes, just jamming it. It was just one of those songs that came out as it was. And it's, I sent that recording to—I think it was an iPhone uh, recording—just actually sitting in the garage, and I sent it to you, and you're like, "Let me just try something with this." And so that ended up being what's on the demo for that. So sitting in the garage playing that's what you're hearing with some of uh, jay mac here on the guitar and on the bass here's the original work tape for save my soul a little sample there of the, of the work tape. I mean, I kind of liked what you were doing there, J-Mac. We might have to revisit that at some point.
1: Well, you know, I kind of, when, when you sent me, it was the iPhone recording. I just kind of got on my base with a little fuzz distortion on it. And I thought I heard kind of a street, my street fighting man thing. So that's kind of yep. what I, what I, uh, what I went for. And I heard the harmonies, the final product ended up being very different. And, I, I feel like if, if all I did was push it forward, then that would, that was fun. It was fun to just play a couple of simple notes and do some harmony and it got, it got your wheels turning and and the the, fi- the final product ended up being much better, but I al- I don't think there's any such thing as a wasted recording.
0: Well, I, you know, and Joel, you could probably jump in here on, on this a little bit too, but it's like, uh, you know, for me, I kind of wanted it to, to feel a little raw. Um, but I remember telling Joel, um, like this idea was like I kind like if like if we weren't gonna make it sound like a cassette tape recording at the beginning of it, I kind of wanted it to to feel like maybe like you're out in the woods and there's a country church like in the middle of the woods, and I I know I was like you know to me I was like well, does that even make sense? <laughs> so what did what did you take away from that? Because in what well, we ended up like coming up with for the final track, I'm actually
2: really really proud of. I have to preface this by saying this is the first time I've heard this like uh, demo work tape. So um, it's so cool to even see it before it, you know, before I, you know, I heard an early version of the song. So it's really cool to to hear an earlier, early version. So um, one thing I immediately noticed about this, this demo was that this melody uh, is kind of following more of a minor, more from from the almost from the six. Yeah. And what you ended what, what you ended up with uh, the version that you sent to me uh, was so much on the one. It was very very ma- major in terms of the the, the melodic structure. Um, <clears throat> so that that's just like really cool to hear that uh, evolution. But you know, back to what you were saying about kind of where this sort of went in your sort of idea of, of how to formulate a, th- a theme. I got that same vibe uh, as you were kind of, uh, envisioning too. this, this sort of this church in the middle of nowhere, kind of like a, a pastoral church that's just sort of in the middle of kind of yeah. nowhere. And it's very, there, there's, there's more, there's sort of a, a, ba- uh, you know, a, a gravel gravel bar, gravel bank that leads out into a river or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, I immediately, for some reason, I I immediately thought of the church that my grandparents went, went to in this really small town in southwest Missouri. And uh, every time I would visit them, I would go to church with them on Sunday mornings. And um, you walk in and it's basically just uh, you walk the front doors and then the the doors into the actual sanctuary of the church. It's just a big steel structure. um, And uh, on the right was the upright piano, and on the left was the uh, hammond organ that's what I know of as that sort of small town mm-hmm. church and I hear that i hear i can hear it right now I can hear the hymns being played with the piano on my right and the organ on my left and the congregation singing and my my grandpa is always singing the bass he's always singing the bass the bass that's notes. awesome now both my grandparents are past now and um but that's a that's just a memory that's just a a, a place that I can go to in my mind, like immediately. And I, I just, I cherish yeah. that. And when Sam and I were talking about this kind of vision for the song, I, I was like, man, I'm, I'm picking up on that. So, so intensely. And I just said, Sam, what if we just, what if we just took the first part of the song to, to church? <laughs> yeah. Just momentarily. And, and then basically, threw open the doors and went out into the wild unknown, threw open the doors from the church and went out on, on, on our own. So, and I got to say, this is the song that I heard that when Sam brought it to me, this was the song that made me realize that he did not just jumble together a collection of songs haphazardly. He was inadvertently writing this story in a, on his side, a more jumbled way. He didn't realize, he didn't see the, the puzzle pieces were just kind of all scattered out on the dining room table, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked that one piece up and I was like, Oh, I, this is making a picture. Mm. This is going to be a part of a thing.
1: I totally agree. When he sent it to me, there was definitely like a baptism, a baptismal metaphor. And it's a great place to start the album. And I, I, I would encourage our listeners to go check it out. Because there is a theme through the album, and it starts with Save My Soul, and it's sort of like a new birth. And it's like, I really don't think he planned it this way, but when he sent me like four or five tracks, I'm like, Sam, there is a story here. There's a story here, and Save My Soul was mm-hmm. the perfect start, and then it just kind of moves through. Absolutely. Some, it's like there's some there's some happy songs, there's some melancholy songs, or some introspective songs, but it's all part of a journey of some kind of fictional wander. and I think that fictional wander is – Sam in another life, I really do, and i I'm glad you heard it too, Joel, and when I told Sam that he was like, really you think and I was like, yeah, dude, listen to it and I think the track listing was pretty good too it kind of it starts in a place and ends in a place and uh which was really exciting for me Sam, so do you want to speak to your unintentional uh you think I think it was subconscious <laughs> because there's definitely a story i i I dare people not to hear a story in this album I think that i I knew there was a thread
0: of something. Um, But I was kind of resisting the urge to do a concept record. You know, uh, pretty much every time that I do an album, it ends up having some concept behind it. And so my original intention was, you know, honestly to kind of do something like the, the Rick Rubin uh, American recordings, just kind of go in and just simply do the songs, minimal instrumentation and just put it out there. I should have known better though. (laughs) Because as I started producing what became Ben thinking about it, I couldn't resist the urge to kind of layer things in and pull in from, you know, those Brian Wilson and uh, Tom Petty and uh, Paul McCartney influences that just are part of what I do. But I really got to hand it to Joel uh, in a big way to be able for for what he did, listening to these songs and kind of pulling it all together into one uh, holistic approach. Because when you listen to um, the final version of Save My Soul and the way it sets up the record, uh, it really is, it has more of like a feeling of like a cinematic story or like a, like a novelization where you kind of, hopefully I feel like, you know, you kind of just are dropped into this world. And then suddenly, you know, like you said, the doors open wide and suddenly you're thrust into the wild unknown, into nature, into the river, into this idea of so much that we really can't always plan for we kind of have to think on our feet um do you guys want to hear the hear, hear the final version of, of of where we took it
1: yeah man absolutely absolutely yes
0: so here's here's you know thinking about what joel brought up you know kind of creating this idea of the church with the organ on the left and the piano on the right which is really kind of the church i grew up in too which was kind of a cool uh synchronicity um that we found and then kind of going out into nature so so, so this is kind of that that feel so here we go
1: phenomenal dude it's amazing
0: thanks man we got to we got to talk about the guy that played organ on that song too because he really he killed it on a few of the songs on this
2: album joel you want to talk about him (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was my pops yeah uh david he and i have been playing music like since i was a little kid he's the reason why i got into music in the first place um you know he drew chord charts and stuff for me uh when i was first starting to play guitar he's the one that taught me how to play guitar he really you know grew up um you know, he grew up in, you know that that environment that I was talking about. He grew up in that in that sort of uh, church in Southwest Missouri, yeah. and everyone knew how to sing the hymns. And you know, he picked up the piano, and he went on to play the organ, and he he played in like you know bands around around Missouri. And um, someone needed a guitar player, so he learned to play guitar. And you know, it's just you know very much picking up the uh, just understanding how music is played picking up whatever is near you and just making music from it. It, It's something that it's been, that's kind of a thing that's been a part of my family for a long time. Um, But yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's the reason why I got into uh, music in the first place. And I just thought what a great opportunity to have. I was seeing this theme here and it was, it was inspired by uh, my grandparents uh, church, his parents, So I thought, man, what a great time for, uh, or what a great opportunity to have him come in. He killed it, man. So he played the piano. Well, I, I appreciate that. He's, he loved being a part of this and, um, he and I had a really good time, um, just tracking this, (laughs) just listening to it, thinking about ways to like, I don't know, just inject these, these, these moments. And he's, uh, he makes an appearance on another track in the album called edge Mm -hmm. of town, um, And uh, that's a totally different vibe, and um, it's very interesting. Um, That's as 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 J Mac alluded to. There are some uh, crazy twists and turns in this story, in this river uh, water journey. It's carried out by the way the songs begin by the way that the songs grab you by the way the songs cut the legs out from under you by the way the songs so every single song affects you in such a different way um, and like Sam was saying like this this uh, save my soul starts the starts the album out boom we're going into the river Sam introduces us to the river in this song and then from there that if you can imagine that canoe being dropped into the river and then it just goes. And we don't know what happens after that. That's that's up to you to find out on Tributaries by Sam Wade.
1: Uh, nice plug. So, Sam, we're going to hear a clip of Edge of Town?
0: Yeah, um, I think that's a perfect time to talk about it because, uh, you know, as Joel was kind of like just talking about the the path of the record being like this this river. That, I mean, you know, the reason we call it Tributaries is because... Um, having this character of the river that's set up on the first song it kind of reappears in the last song um all of the songs we thought were kind of like tributaries that flew flowed into that river um and if that happens and if there's bends and turns in the river edge of town is the rapids (laughs) for sure that's right so uh but do you guys want to hear a little bit of where edge of town started
2: Oh my gosh. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Because I don't think I've heard this. I don't, I don't believe you sent this to me.
2: This was a fun journey it was. journey. And Sam, if you're going to share something with me that I haven't heard yet, that's totally cool. But if it's the track that's kind of started this whole thing, it's that's man, what it is. This was a fun, this, this was a fun journey for sure.
0: Yeah. So this is the original demo when I was producing, started producing a record and I, I sent this to Joel and this is what, uh, it started out as, and then we're going to see where you took it, Joel, with the with the production. Here's here's the original Edge of Town demo.
3: Too many voices telling me. I'm supposed to be They rattle inside my head Trying to scare the hell out of me And it's maddening Emotional soothsayers Give you just what you wanted to know but they make sure it's just enough to keep you crawling back for more. And I don't wanna hear what you have. To
1: you know what I hear in that? I hear like like an early Oasis Noel Gallagher demo. That's what I hear. I hear no- and that's a huge compliment because I love Noel Gallagher, especially his demos. But it's like if there's something about it that's 90s and yet timeless at the same time. And it's such a mood change from the other song. It, you I'm telling you, you'll be, you'll be on a roller coaster on this album if you sit and you sit with it for a while. It's good. So so there you go that's a, one of the highest compliments I can give Sam is that it sounds like a Noel Gallagher demo.
0: That's really different than what the track ended up becoming
2: on on the record. Uh so different. I would totally agree uh with JMac. There's definitely this this like Oasis like super like vibey thing during this what we're, we're calling the verse and then in the chorus it kind of breaks into this sort of birds this sort of very birds influenced roger mcguinn style um kind of chordal thing which i thought was super cool because um <clears throat> it gives a very light-hearted um up vibe to a chorus but i thought it'd be really cool to keep that that sort of up vibe with that 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 chord structure but kind of push it with this sort of driven kind of a little rough more raucous kind of um uh beat and um and just just guitar and and organ kind of vibe and uh again my pops played the organ on 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 this track too and a little there's a little piano in there but what was interesting was i wanted to go back to the verse um because the verse I felt needed to be a lot more disruptive, a lot more choppy, and um, I really, I actually took a lot of uh, influence and inspiration from some of the tracks on Jeff Buckley's uh, "Sketches from My Sweetheart, the Drunk," and um, I tried to push the maybe the the standard time back to a halftime. Um, because I liked the idea of of bringing it into a halftime feel but still the the standard time uh, 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 strumming mm-hmm. so it, you get this real big juxtaposition of kind of of these kind of waves crashing against each, each other in different times not different times but different feels in the same time and then um, I really kind of felt like that lead that sort of led us to this chorus and I just kind of kind of tried to embrace some of the Elvis Costello grittiness of that birds, British kind of, (laughs) they're, they're kind of crashing together a little bit, creating a little friction. And I don't know, I, I, I hope that came through. It was sort of this Jeff Buckley slash Elvis Costello kind of vibe. It turned into, I I'm so proud of this track. It is so fun. It is such a fun, troubling, interesting track.
0: When you brought in the idea of that of that cut time drums, and just kind of like hitting like a, like a different part of the syncopation than what you would normally think the drum part would be on the song, I was like, "I'm into this. Let's see where where this can go." Well, let's
1: play the finished version and, and so we can compare them.
0: All right, here's uh, starting from about the same point in the song. Here's the final edit
3: soothsayers give you just what you wanted to know but they make sure it's just enough to keep you crawling back for more and I don't want to hear what you have to say I'm still picking up
1: It gets real acid rock there.
0: Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it?
1: And you know what? It kind of reminds me of. My wife pointed this out. It kind of reminds me of climbing the walls by on by Radiohead on OK Computer. Can you can you hear it? Oh, you wow! Hear it? Well,
2: thank you. A little bit. There, there is, there is definitely. Um... There is definitely a Radiohead influence in the bass, and I don't think it's su- subtle whatsoever. Sam, I'm sure you know yeah, what it but is. but it's okay. I love
1: it. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's okay. I,
0: You know, I, I'm i just so like, I mean, it's, it's the same song that we heard in the demo. Like, not much of the chord structure mm-hmm. has changed. I think we changed like one chord on the chorus. Not much has changed. The lyrics are the same. But like the reason I thought it was cool to kind of compare these two is like you can just kind of see the evolution of when you kind of push through the barriers of what you think is like um, what the song could be and kind of like, where could we take this? I thought the song really had the most dramatic change of anything on the record. And now it's just like this mm-hmm. hard hitting song that really kind of fits this character, um, at least, you know, for me uh, in the in the story, this character was running around, like going to the edge of town, riding off in the sunset with a loaded gun i mean like what's going on there and that sounds a lot more intense than kind of this upbeat birdsy sound that was there before so that really for for me as an artist was like one of the perfect examples of having some outside ears and guidance from a producer come in and really kind of push it to the next level
2: and that was such a fun track man and and my hat's off to sam for let let me sort of i mean literally just just mess up his space. Like I just walked in there and just <laughs> just moved everything around. And um, my hat's off to him for l- literally just hanging out in the corner and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give you your time. Joel, I'm going to give you your time in this, in this musical space and we'll see what happens. No, it takes seriously. It takes a lot of um, patience and it takes a lot of trust to just, to just bring someone into your world and let them, you know, basically mess around with, with what you've already created there. And I mean, Sam is an equal part of that, uh, uh that transformation pro- process as I am, because, um, it was a, it was a total, a total teamwork thing. And I, I was so proud of the way that song turned out. It's a pivotal turn. It's a pivotal, um, sort of, um, switchback in, in, in the mm-hmm. river.
1: Yep. It's, it's a mood change. It's an, it's a narrative It's a slightly changes the narrative a little bit. So, I mean, up to this Mm -hmm. point in the album, it's been kind of like the very Americana, this song gets dark and heavy and there's, there's some anger in it. You can hear there's anger in in this traveler. And I, I like that. But once again, producers, a good producer, you can trust them. I mean, I've sent Sam stuff that he's completely transformed and it was better for it that I, things I didn't hear. So I, I get you, Joel, sometimes as a producer, which I, I, I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't consider myself a producer. I'm more like, I, I I can do some stuff, but Sam really takes it somewhere else. And I think that seems like you have that same kind of talent and that's why Definitely. producers, uh, whatever you're paying them is, is uh, worth it because they make your stuff better and they, they, they can kind of have a bird's eye view of what you've done and kind of say, maybe let's move this here or move this there or hem this in there and, the soul of it stays intact. As long as the soul of the song stays intact, everything else is Absolutely. just details. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Well, Morning Star, I think is it's the penultimate track on the album, second from the last. Yep. It starts in a really vul- vulnerable way. You don't usually just start a song with just your voice. I don't. I can't. I don't think <laughs> I've ever done that. So. It starts it really vulnerable, and then it just kind of builds from there into something that's really magnificent and really touching. And I would say this: listening to it on headphones is a totally different experience. You can hear echoes, you can hear things coming in and out. And Joel really gets an opportunity to shine on this track. One hundred percent. Exactly how how good he is. So yeah, Morning Star.
0: Absolutely, man. I could not agree with you uh, more. And by the way, thanks for calling the headphones because that's like one of those things. Like, there's a lot of ear candy on this record too um, for headphones that maybe not might not pick up if you're listening on your phone or on your computer or on this on, on speaker system. So I highly recommend taking some time with that. We would love it if you listen to it straight through. Um, But uh, I know that doesn't always fit into into everybody's schedule. So if you're listening, we totally appreciate it. Um, And this song Morningstar, you're right. It's kind of like, it's this, it's this climax of the record. And it's a song that I had for a while. Um, I was holding on to this song for about 15 years. I used to play it live, um, but I never actually produced a, a full version of it. And it was one of those tracks where, in light of everything that we've all gone through <laughs> all around the world during 2020 and into 2021 now with the pandemic and all the civil unrest, uh, losing you know friends and family, to something that is just seemed like it's just invaded our, our whole world. People not knowing where the next pay the paycheck, where they're going to get their rent is going to come from. I mean, there's just so many things that tie into this. And really now in this point of like trying to rebuild and to get outside again. And I mean, first of all, just to get outside again and not be locked down, but to get outside into, it really is a wild unknown now. So, it just seemed like this was the right time to do this song. And somehow, I don't know how Joel talked me into starting it with just my voice, which is like something I wouldn't ever do. But I think if this song is the pivotal moment on the album, the pivotal moment in this song is where the guitar solo comes in because it's just rupt. All of a sudden, in the the hopeless despair of the song, this guitar line comes in that's like, there's hope. At least that's what I hear. And I'd love to hear kind of your approach, Joel, to actually track in this solo. And I see you, you got your guitar there. I, I think you should, uh, if you're feeling up to it, kind of give us a demo of like you as a tone Smith and, and where you were coming from for this track.
2: Uh, absolutely. And I have to agree, like, um, this, this song is incredible and I was so pleased and so thrilled and on- honored that you actually, were cool with me suggesting you start it with just your voice, your soul, solo voice, because it really does, uh, create a unique, um, vulnerable moment in not just the song, but in the whole album, it breaks up the, uh, instrumentation that happens throughout all of the album. And, uh, yeah, in the middle comes the solo. And, and, and I had really tried to kind of understand, um, some ways and techniques that I, I could employ to, to kind of, you know, emphasize the, the beauty of the song, the hope of the song, but also the, just sort of the imperfections of, of how you can find beauty in, in the, in, in the imperfections. And, and so I, I knew that I, uh, I, I knew that that meant that I wanted a technique that was smooth. And so I wanted my left hand, I wanted that to be a smooth kind of technique and sort of pretty, kind of a pretty uh, uh uh fretting style but then uh tone wise i knew i wanted that to be a little bit grittier so it's again this kind of idea of this juxtaposition this kind of friction yeah. between um kind of fine and coarse and yeah well what we ended up with was um, um a very you know what i would consider a, a very um in terms of the amps and tones and stuff a, a very gritty american style tone um And yeah, it's something like this.
1: so bluesy i love it dude there's so much expression in that there's there's so much emotion and it's like it's like an extension of your voice actually it sounds like to me
2: and then when sam comes back in so the the solo ends with a <laughs> nice and that's when sam hits us man he hits us with that Sam, you got it. You got to give me that, that, that line. If I, uh, if I could just hold on. Yeah. So you hit us with that. If I could just hold on for just another minute, it's, it's grasping at something. It's knowing that something's bigger than you, that things are happening for a reason. Um, you're in this dark spot to get to the light spot, or you're in this light spot, because you went through the dark spot you know it's um i just think that there's some realness there and i i just i really loved how um i don't know i loved how that this song all all came together
0: i did too man um just to kind of like wrap up this section why don't we play at least just that solo um with the with the instrumentation so, people, so our listeners can hear how it all just melded together because it really yeah, it's probably one of my most favorite moments personally in any recording I've done. So here's uh here's the solo from Morningstar.
1: Nice. Amazing work guys. You, you guys are my new, my, my new favorite uh, combo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks man. Oh my gosh. This
2: was like such an uh, amazing project to be a part of. Um, I was, uh, I think I was talking, I was, I was talking to Sam the other day, Rebecca, uh, uh, Sam's gr- girlfriend was on, on the phone and, and, uh, and <laughs> she had said, you know, Joel, this was so great to have you part of the project. And I, I mean, I'll say this a million times, the old adage, when you run it, you're running sound is if the band is amazing, you really don't have a whole lot of work to do. And that's exactly how I felt about this project. I, I really did not have that much work to do here. Um, the, the material was absolutely incredible. The story was just amazing. Uh, the way it presented itself to me was just, absolutely amazing and um i literally just felt like i was playing around and just having an amazing time and just seeing what came out and i i always felt like if sam hated any of that his songs would still be amazing (laughs) and we would (laughs) it would just be it would all be fine so um but i think what we but i am i have to say i am very 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 proud of the fingerprints that I be. did have on this al- album, and I just think it is, um, it's just a really, really special piece. I, I really hope that uh the folks out there listening to this will just take the time, just hit play on that first track. I I promise you, you will speed through this thing. I mean, this album just plays; it's crazy.
1: If you like the clips that we played, you're gonna love the album. It's it'll be it'll be on your playlist for a while. It, it's it's a. I I've told Sam I feel like it might be the best thing he's ever done. Um, and I've heard pretty much ninety percent of what he's done, and that this is this might this might be his masterwork. Not that he doesn't have big stuff ahead of him, but this is really really good. And and Joel, your additions were definitely uh, definitely helped that. And it's it's always cool to hear two friends collaborating and and come together like that. And like I said, dude, your solo was just spot on and I feel like that was that was really put that morning star song over the top. It gave it some it gave it some emotion, some musical emotion. Not that it needed any more, but there was there was like a there was like a melancholy hopefulness in your solo. Does that make any sense?
2: Yeah, man, that's that's what we're going for. It's it's so amazing to hear back from someone else what you thought you were <laughs> yeah. trying to inject into it. It's it, there's something super gratifying and, uh, amazing about that. So, uh, J, J Mac, thank you so much for saying that. And, and yeah, man, uh, Sam, my hats, my hats off to you. Um, I couldn't agree more with, with J Mac's words the, the this is definitely a grand work of yours and, um, gosh, I just, it's been, it's been an amazing journey, man. Well,
0: I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Joel, and thank you so much, J Mac, but I also you know, um I do feel like it's 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 one of the best things i've done i'm I'm really proud of it, but I don't wanna undersell and this is not just to like pat you on the back and and sound something good for the episode like i wanna in a very real way acknowledge that a lot of what this record became in the vision of it, the idea of this this river and the tributaries that flow into the river and, and being able to, to see that. Cause we, we talked about several different, um, possible running orders of the songs, but to kind of see that it was for me as an artist, it was a good learning experience too, to kind of know that having a producer coming in, um, as talented as you are to be able to, to kind of guide that down the stream, of what became tributaries in no small way. Was it just something that you just added to it? Like you're just as much of an integral part of what tributaries became. And I'm so excited for people to get it in their ears and spend some time with it. And I, I, I hope that it takes people on a journey because it was certainly a journey that led to these songs.
1: For another very fun, very insightful episode of two tape decks and a mixing board. My name is Jay Mack.
0: And I'm Sam Wade. And I'm Joel Dott.
1: Saying until next week, Stay Stay cosmic. Cosmic!